When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing fantastic. This is episode number 300 of MLB Daily Pod. Uh, quite the milestone, LJ. Quite the milestone. Honestly, I feel like I was saying this to my dad. Look, I'm appreciative of it all. I'm 100% here. Thank you all for supporting. But how many more milestones can we we keep celebrating at this pace? It's just, it's kind of funny because, you know, it was uh, one thing. It almost felt like there wasn't a big number coming up at all last year. Like, yeah, you had one, we had 100 and that was great. And 150, was 150 during the season? Yes. Yeah. And I think 200 was also during the season would have had to it would have had to have been there's no way we did we've done 100 episodes between the end of last season and this season maybe that's uh, impossible yeah that, that is impossible but 250 was after so we definitely we definitely celebrated 100 we definitely celebrated 200 we definitely celebrated 250 and here we are 300 i think every 50 is, is fine to celebrate we're gonna throw a little party i wish i had wow wow <laughs> Well, is it even coming up in my is it even coming up on the sound? I can't tell. No, it wasn't. My noisemakers didn't come up. Oh darn! Pew 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 pew. 
Well, LJ, we have a few topics to get into on this fine Friday. Um, where do you want to start? I mean, you, you kind of sent me a little bit of a rundown, but I'll let you take it away here. Um, let's go start with probably, I think, the biggest news of the day. Um, and that is going over to Philadelphia, where Brandon Bryce Harper has been diagnosed with a partially torn UCL this does not look like it will be requiring any form of surgery. However, he will miss a few games as he's having an injection put into that. More importantly, either, yeah, I'm not even sure. Yeah, to the detriment of the Phillies, I will say, he will be missing the entirety of the season as a right fielder. He will be playing only DH. He will not be playing in the field as he cannot throw with that arm currently. So he'll play the rest of the season as a DH, as long as things don't get worse by swinging the bat. Um, it's a blow to baseball to have him hurt in any capacity because, you know, you, any type of injury, you're not going to be performing at your best. But also for the Phillies, this really hurts because you were already looking at the worst defense in the league, and now you're putting both Schwarber and Castellanos. Really, it's more a matter of Castellanos now going back into the field for your squad you know, Kyle Schwarber's defensive metrics have been shockingly good to start the year. So you got to hope that that keeps up. But past that, you're taking a slight minus defender in Bryce Harper and putting in a much worse guy. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting that, you know, this report comes out yesterday and they're like, oh, how's it going to affect his hitting? You know, will will he still be able to be – uh, as productive at the plate as we as we're used to seeing out of Bryce Harper, and he hits a home run uh, at, last night against the Dodgers, like in his first at bat. So it's like, yeah, like he can still hit. The elbow's fine. Um, it sucks that he can't play in the field, um, but yeah, I it's gonna there's gonna be some real interesting uh, Philly stats coming out soon. My I don't even know if it's a bold prediction, but just like I feel like they will be known much more now for their defensive incompetence. I mean, I think they're going to be known for their general incompetence. And as as I say that, that Kyle Schwarber has been better. I think he probably had one good week or maybe two good weeks. He's currently 19th in the 19th percentile of outs above average. This is going to be bad. But let's jump from there to some general incompetence from this team as they blow another big lead late last night, they end up winning the game. However, the Phillies end up allowing four to be scored on them in the bottom of the eighth, and that makes it a 7-7 game. They have to add two more in the top of the ninth to get the job done here against the Dodgers last night. This it has Is this bullpen really looking any better than past generations? Yeah, uh, uh, LJ, I, I really don't know. And I think a big problem with this Phillies team is just getting everything to work together at once. It's like it seems like there's games where the pitching, the starting pitching is really good, and then the bullpen falls apart. Then there's other games where the bullpen is really good and the rotation's really good, but they struggle to hit. And then you have a game like last night where – they, they hit the ball very well. Uh, Zach Wheeler pitched, 
I guess pretty decent. Um, pretty interesting. I was I saw some of the highlights from this game, and they were talking about how Cody Bellinger has hit five home runs off of Zach Wheeler in his career. I mean, and he and he get he gets one last night. That's just a guy that clearly sees the ball very well out of Zach Wheeler's hand. But like I was saying, you get a pretty good, like an okay enough start from Zach Wheeler. Um, and then your your bullpen tries to blow the game for you after your off your offense looked really good. Yeah, it's it's very disappointing. Of course, they end up with the twenty fifth best ERA or yeah twenty fifth ERA. That was obviously fifth worst ERA in the league is really what we should be calling it. Allowing a lot of hits, allowing a ton a ton of walks. Oh my gosh, they're twenty sixth in the league in walks to start the year. I mean, you look at their top guys, Corey Kniebel already has five, Brad Hand has five. These are guys you really need to actually step up. Nick, Nick Nelson, Brandon, former Yankee Nick Nelson has eight walks in 14 innings pitched for this team, only 12 strikeouts over that stretch as well. This just isn't what you want to see, and it's especially not what you want to see when this team invested good money in this bullpen this offseason. Like, where did it go? Ask Dave Dombrowski. I mean, isn't LJ, you certainly have a lot of experience dealing with Dave Dombrowski, at least from a fan's perspective. He likes to spend a lot of money, but there's usually not a lot to show for it. Is that is that fair? No, I wouldn't say I would not say that's fair. I think there is a lot to show for it, and there's a lot to show for it already on this roster. I mean, you talk about I mean in the bullpen at least. Hold on. You get to uh I mean, you get getting Schwarber, getting Castellanos, like those are huge pickups for this group. And then also being able to add some of the stuff in the offense that they've added this year and last year to get, getting guys like Kyle Gibson is terrific. But I kind of, I, I addressed this concern last year when he came in and I'm going to echo it again. Dave Dombrowski is the best general manager or president of baseball operations you can get if you want to spend a lot of money or if you're willing to spend a lot of money to win a championship. However, he is a terrible fit for this organization. Awful. Because this team was already fine. I mean, you could you could upgrade a little bit offensively here and there. But they were fine offensively. They were fine. Plenty good enough in the rotation for the most part. But this bullpen was where they needed help. Brandon, has he ever identified a bullpen correctly? I mean, yes, the Red Sox spent a lot of money. Most of that, I would like to say the majority of those players went to good use in Boston. The majority of that money went to good use in Boston. But then you have this absolutely like this burning pile of money and prospects, assets. I can't explain to you how many assets he just gave away threw out there trying to solve their bullpen issue because really they had one good bullpen year in his entire tenure there the rest of it was always a hot mess and they always needed more and yet consistently he was adding pieces he'd add two pieces every single year he'd add a couple pieces at the deadline and every single one of them manages not to work out how can you be that inept in the bullpen, I should first ask. But also, 
that's just, I think that's something that should have been taken more closely into consideration when you gave him this job, because this already was their top need. It was their top need last winter was arms in the bullpen. And it still continues to be that way. And it's going to continue to be that way next winter. It's frustrating. Well, LJ, um, I believe the next topic that you wanted to talk about involves uh, Dusty Baker and, and the Astros. Yes, Dusty Baker. They've won 10 straight. Um, they are looking exactly like the team we thought they would. Just took them a hot minute to get going, especially with the second best. Are we going with the second best or the best pitching staff in baseball? Who would you put number one, the Mets? Uh, I'd say the Mets or the Dodgers. All right, there's their top three. I mean, they're third in starter ERA behind the Mets and the Dodgers, and they're top in relief ERA. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd throw the Yankees into that group as well. Yeah, that's fair. Top four. Um, a, either way. big four. Elite. Elite pitching staff. And the offense finally getting back into shape, especially with two big shots from Jordan yesterday. Oh, absolutely clobbered balls. But – Either way, they won win 10 straight is my point here. And that moves Dusty Baker up to 2,008 wins, pushing him into the top 10 all time. Now, Brandon, of course, this is a major accomplishment. We already talked about the 2,000 wins eight wins ago. But this is just, again, this is a terrific time. to. It's a terrific time to be Dusty Baker because with this team, you're talking – you're talking a 90 win season out of this team. If I'm being conservative, you add 70 wins to him. That puts him up squarely into ninth and next season. If he stays two more years, he should have no problem climbing to sixth. So what better time is there to be dusty Baker? Now all that's really left for him, you know, you're the top, you're the first uh, African-American manager to get to 2000 wins. You're a top 10 manager all time. As long as you stay healthy and stay interested in managing this talented roster, you're going to be top six, top five all time. I'm not sure if he can catch Joe Torre or not, but he can definitely be top six all time. Now you just got to get that ring, right? This has to be the year for it. This is the year of Dusty Baker. I would certainly hope that at some point he can get a ring. Um, Unfortunately, though, you know, I, that would mean the Astros would have to win the World Series. Um, and I just can't really, I don't want to go through that, um, at least right now. But are we, I, let me ask this, though, just for argument's sake. When do we get over the Astros thing? Oh, no, I mean, I don't even like it. There's a total of two te- three players, I think, on the, on this team from 2017. No, no, no. It's not even about the, the cheating anymore. Like, you forget that, like, <laughs> the Yankees lost them in 2019, which was our last best chance to win the World Series. True. So, like, you know, losing on that Altuve walk-off, I mean, that's end of 2019 that's my senior yeah. year of high school like it's a it's a lot different than than I mean, um when they cheated in 2017 chapman just wanted to give his dad another chance to go to the world series is tell until howie kendrick um just shows up in game seven of the world series and wins the nats a title but that's my one of my that is probably my favorite world series Ooh. I can't say that necessarily. 
Last year at the Braves was also great. Anyway, I'm not going to get into an argument about uh, best favorite Red, non-Red Sox World Series. We're not going to derail ourselves that much more. But really, what else does Dusty Baker have to do to both add to his legacy and, more importantly, get that ring? Like, what more could he possibly do at this point? Not much, really. I mean, uh, he's accomplished just about everything you could do besides get a ring as a manager. Um, how many different clubs has he, you know, brought to such great winning records? Like five, right? Five different. Five, five different clubs, and he's only had one, I believe, one losing season. He's been he's been fired on in every other situation after ninety win seasons. Yeah, there's there's nothing you can do besides get this ring. That's it. Um, it's just it's tough. It's tough. He's got to get there. But um, speaking of dads, if, unless you have anything else to add to the Dusty Baker segment here, uh, we've got another dad visit. We got a little father. This is basically an early Father's Day show here as dylan cease went to visit his dad in the bronx yesterday brandon oh, it was in chicago it was in chicago oh i'm sorry his dad came to him my bad my bad stanton had an absolute night he blasts two two run homers off of dylan cease who passed that brandon looked really good if if Giancarlo stanton hadn't shown up to chicago this weekend we'd be talking about dylan cease very, very differently because I believe in four innings he had 11 strikeouts. Yeah, four innings, six earned, 11 strikeouts. You take Stanton out of that equation, you're talking four innings, two earned, 11 strikeouts, and you're probably going six. So if we take the guy that had six RBIs out of the equation, you're telling me the game is completely different? No. No, really? No. Come on now. Um, Either way, though, he pitched. He pitched well against everyone, but yeah, no. Cease, Cease was absolutely dealing um, until he got to the top of our lineup, and um, wow, just like what a game for the Yankees. They win fifteen to seven. Judge goes deep. Stanton goes deep twice. Donaldson goes deep. Um, and one of the better games that they've had this year in terms of entertainment value, um, you're, you're talking about a 7-7 game uh, going into the top of the eighth inning after Yoan Moncada takes Jonathan Loizaga deep. Um, like, I guess, welcome back, Yoan Moncada. Just a huge shifting point in the game makes it 7-7 seven to seven after they had trailed. And with Loizaga on the mound, you're not expecting to muster um must uh much offense off of him but huge props to Bancada. Yankees come out in the top of the eighth they drop seven runs uh great game from uh, DJ LeMahieu of course Judge and Stanton uh you know they they come up really big and um yeah they just keep on rolling here and uh we got Cole on the mound tonight still got three more games left in the series but another win tonight and uh knowing that we can at worst split the series would make me feel really, really good. Yeah. I mean, again, also like if you get a chance, if you're in market and you didn't get to watch the game yesterday, watch it, watch a rerun because honestly it's, it's worth, it's worth the time. It's worth your watch. I mean, you got, you get the early action, but more so those late innings were incredibly, 
exciting. I mean, that eighth inning, you know, you get, you get through that. I'm a little happy. Granted, I had just posted that meme to our Instagram at MLB Daily Pod. I send it into our fantasy football group chat seconds before Yohan Moncada goes yard. Wasn't intended, but. Yeah, LJ, I was extremely mad when you sent that. And then I wasn't watching the game at the time, but then I get the alert on my phone that Moncada goes yard. And I was like, this, this little, you know what, <laughs> is going to make us lose. I felt so bad because it was just literally that was the po- the worst timing I could have ever sent that text was right then and there. And then they come out literally right before I was about to go to bed. I was about to turn the game off. And then Joe Kelly slips up, hasn't looked sharp coming back. Three walks in a row. Yeah. Again, it, it takes time. I'm not going to freak out about a guy who just came back from a extended trip to the IL. Either way, he – he has trouble, and then the Yankees just pour it on. I mean, that's, that, that is a very crooked number in the eighth. And you had a lot of great performances out of that. I mean, you get Josh Donaldson finally does something for this team for the first time in a while. Um, Glaber Torres looks terrific. And honestly, that was great, great base running out of Glaber. He's the best base runner on our team, easily. Like, IQ-wise, like, knows how to run the bases the best. That was that was a fantastic like that's that's value added scoring that run there. I mean at this point with the way that things were going for them in that last inning, I wouldn't have been surprised if Gio or Shella could have gotten a good hit off. Well, I'll, I'm just gonna let that one slide for now and just wait. Um, but you know I was doing a little research this morning about the game and. Went over to the Chicago White Sox subreddit and wanted to read what they were saying, what those fans were saying. A lot of them are very mad at Tony LaRussa and how he's he's managed this club. Um, They thought that bringing in Joe Kelly, who is a righty, and then they brought in Kelly and then they brought in some lefty to face Stanton and Donaldson and Judge. And it's like, why would you take the righty out to bring in a lefty to face three straight righties? Like, they were very confused at that and have overall not been happy with his, his management whatsoever. Well, I can understand not putting a lefty in because you don't have a quality lefty. But where I'd like to question Tony Larusa is in terms of leverage. This guy literally, is he's like fresh off the boat. He had one in it going into this appearance yeah i don't even know what his name was uh, i forget burr or something banks oh, banks no i was talking about joe kelly oh okay has one inning on the year like you aren't 100 percent sure that he's healthy you aren't 100 percent um you aren't 100 percent certain that he's going to be able to come up really show you what you have one inning doesn't tell you anything rehab assignments tell you very little, but he didn't get one build up. Like the build up after started going into the season tells you nothing about what a guy's actually going to be able to do out there. And so wouldn't it make a lot more sense to only put him in low leverage situations for a couple weeks, like give him time to build into the season. Yes. He will probably be one of your higher leverage relievers when it comes down to it. This guy is still very good. He is certainly not the 27 ERA that he has currently. However, give him some four or five run leads. 
to comfortably settle into the season, especially when you consider what the rest of this bullpen's done because they have been excellent. I mean, Liam Hendricks is Liam Hendricks. has got nine saves to start. Kendall Graveman, Matt Foster, and Jose Ruiz, all righties, mind you, who they could have brought in to face that group of uh, order. They all have a sub-2-5 ERA. Like, you could have brought anyone in, and a tie game is plenty of license to bring your setup guys in late in the game. Like, this is just – it's poor situational awareness, in my opinion. Yeah, and not having that situational awareness um, can certainly lead to bad judgment, which gets the fans mad at you. And I think at some point people have to realize that even as even though you can say, you know, fire Tony La Russa, fire him, um, the, the owner of the White Sox, this guy, I can't even think of his name now, the, also the guy that owns the Bulls, um, Reinsdorf, Jerry Reinsdorf, like he hired Tony Larusa to coach the White Sox to manage the White Sox when it was the '80s. Like this is the, they're just running back what they did 40 years ago, and they're both going down with with the ship. Like they're both going down together. It's up to Tony Larusa when he wants to leave. They will not fire him. I can I can guarantee that at this point. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's sad because I'm all for, like, if you believe in a guy, if you truly think like, Hey, this guy's good. Like this guy is what we need. We just need to figure out how to work with it and give him the time and the trust. I'm all for that as an owner. Frankly, some of these guys have way too short a leash. However, there's a difference between that and letting yourself get taken advantage of and letting your team suffer. I mean, I don't really have that much of a uh, trust in Reinsdorf that he's the guy who's going to be able to, uh, what is the word I'm looking for here? Like that he cares about winning and that he truly loves the team. Like I haven't necessarily seen anything to prove against it, but I haven't seen anything for it. It's not like Shad Khan in Jacksonville where you genuinely feel like he loves his team and loves having a team wants to see them succeed like he believed in Urban Meyer to a fault, and then as soon as he realized it wasn't working, he cut ties and he was. Prov- yeah, look at the um, L.A. Clippers owner, that guy Steve Ballmer. Yeah. He's like in the first row at every game, like going going crazy. Mark Cuban too. Like, there's people that care, and it's one thing when those guys trust their coach because those guys will make it right when they finally realize, like, I have to do something. They'll really make it right for their team. I don't see that with Ryan's Rush. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't, uh, especially because he is all about the money. We have talked about previous times on this podcast how, like, in 1994, when there was the players' strike um, and then the lockout, he said that the worst thing about the how the situation was handled was that they resumed play in 1995, and it should have gone on for another year because the owners can afford it, the players can't. That's essentially what he said. Well, one or two more things to go here, and kind of a disappointing story is we kind of got way too excited because he was our first. Uh, he was our first big call up last year, Jared Kleenex, and <laughs> sent back down. He needs some Kleenex. Triple A. He's going to need some Kleenex now as he gets sent back down to AAA, this is his second time being sent back after 
getting the major league call up this season. He has slashed 140, 219, 291 for a 510 OPS plus. Brandon, what are your thoughts here? Um, it obviously sucks for Jared Kalanick. Uh, and this is a guy that, you know, when you're that highly touted of a prospect, there's a lot of pressure on you. When you have another very highly touted prospect who plays the same position as you in Julio Rodriguez on your team, uh, there's certainly a lot of pressure. And, um... Your team also trades for an outfielder this offseason in Jesse Winker, who's an all-star, by the way, last year. And, LJ, they also have Kyle Lewis on the way back, another outfielder who, oh yeah, just won AL Rookie of the Year in 2020 and is doing rehab assignments now. So, I think the pressure got to him. You're forgetting about one major player here arguably the second second or third best player third best player on this team to start mm. the year Chaniger. yeah uh you mean, I mean you talk it's jp crawford robbie ray and mitch Haniger were the engines of this team which is struggling granted but maybe i'm hi- firing up the hot take machine way too soon but first off you are right on the fact that the pressure got to him but as for the hot take here i think Jared Kleenex's time as a Seattle Mariner might be over. Look, I first off, I'm out on him, and I'm not going to flip around. I'm not going to pull a Brandon like with Christian Yelich and flip flop every. Uh, officially flip-flop. out. Officially out now. You no, mean? no, you are. You're officially out. I'm officially out because look, yes, I'm seeing great defensive numbers here. However, the rest of it just sucks. Absolutely sucks at 22 and. You look at these numbers, you're talking about third percentile and strikeout rate. You're talking about 11th percentile in 2021. This it's this is a really bad start, and it's a really bad start in the controllable things, the mental parts of this game. And it kind of reminds me of a Joe Adele 2.0, if I'm going to diagnose this way too early, where the discipline isn't there, and it doesn't matter how talented the guy is, how physically capable he is until those things get cleaned up it's not gonna uh you're not gonna have that opportunity you're not gonna be able to get major league playing time you're not gonna be able to put up major league numbers until you have those things set away as for what you just said here playing into that point you have a ridiculously stacked outfield without kleenex you're four deep in the outfield right now so in my eyes it will take him at least another year to get another chance at major league time. Because keep in mind, they do only have three option years on the guy. They're going to be very hesitant to use the last one at this point. So next year, yeah. Like they're going to, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to call that in. And uh, the other thing that has to be put in play here too is yes, the angels are really good, but I still think the Mariners are in play for the playoffs. Like they're they're four games under, but that they're not out of it, and they're way too talented to be out of it. Especially when you consider guys like Adam Frazier is finally starting to get back towards what he really should be—that contact leadoff guy. Um, Jesse Winker finally starting to hit a little bit. Once he starts actually hitting, like once he's you know talking about two hundred four Jesse Winker, 
when he starts putting the bat to ball more, that power is going to shoot up. I'm still incredibly high on him. Julio Rodriguez only has far more to go up. I mean, this is this is the rookie of the year right now for me. And like, I just I'm so high on this lineup, especially when they get healthy, that I see a very real scenario here where they're either squarely in the wild card race or on the fringe of the wild card race come the deadline and somebody somebody else is interested in Kleenex. If anyone else is interested in him, you have to let him go, right? You could always use some more some more bullpen help there and and more pitching like and when when you look at what the future of your outfield could be I mean, I, I'm a big Kyle Lewis guy, seriously. I mean, we didn't see much of him last year, but what we saw out of him in 2020 was extremely promising, you know. So if you could build an outfield there in the future where it's a, it's a rotating cast of Rodriguez, Hanniger, I think he's a uh, – is, is Hanniger a free agent after this year? Um, That sounds right, but at the same time, yes, he is. But it, with what he's producing, and if this team is a playoff contender, they're not letting him go. No. Yeah, especially, so, you know. Especially if Kleenex isn't in play. Yeah, and when you're talking about, like, let's say that, that a Kalanick does get dealt um, at some point. Um, LJ, is this, and I know this might be, like, a bad comparison, but I'm getting Clint Frazier vibes here. Yes. I like both. Honestly, I like both of those comparisons. I don't think they haven't done the same treatment to him. Like they've given him every opportunity to succeed. I feel like the Yankees did not give Frazier every opportunity to succeed because he was kind of just, and that's a product of a lineup that already just, it didn't fit him. But either way, this team has room to make some major, major moves at some point along the line to be able to, really like get this team ready to be a con- a perennial contender and you know we like I'd like to think about what if Clint Frazier had been traded 3 years earlier his life would have gone a lot better wouldn't it because and the Yankees would have got something in return well, yeah exactly would have gotten something legitimate in return i think there's at least two guys on Kalenic and someone else on this major league roster an infielder are going to have to go sooner rather than later to really like make this thing work because i mean you've got you've got this out stacked outfield but you also have noel v Marte coming yeah. up next year or set to come up next year where is this kind of guy going to play you're certainly not going to be getting rid of jp crawford anytime soon so you know are you moving him to, set, to short to third base and uh, moving on from Eugenio Suarez, are you letting Adam Frazier walk after this year? There's a lot of moving pieces here. We're going to see something big out of this team, some form of trade, and it's going to have, I think, either either Frazier and or Kleenex in it when that happens, when that time comes. Yeah, it's um, certainly a group a great thing to look out for. Um, and when you try, you know, it's always hard to try to predict where these breakout trades are going to come from. But if you can, um, kind of like put the pieces together and like talk yourself through it. Um, this certainly makes a lot of sense for the Mariners to 
potentially deal this guy at some point. Brandon, I've got a story I didn't realize we were going to talk about. What what are we looking at for time? Do you? We've got like three, four minutes. Okay, can we try to power through two more things? <sighs> All right, two minutes each. Let's go. Two minutes each, not even. Brandon, I just saw this come across a little minor league check in here real quick. Um, O'Neill Cruz, your buddy. You're excited about him. Third inning. Hits the ball 114 miles an hour. It's a line out. However, you couldn't have much better contact, do you think, right? Yeah. No, you're wrong. Eighth inning last night. 122 mile an hour single. <laughs> oh, my. One, two, oh, my. Two. It's absolutely clobbered. Clobbered. It's it's time to, that the Pirates call him up. Um, he's a big shortstop. He's very similar to Ellie De La Cruz, who's in the red system. Just a very tall shortstop with uh, a swing that I guess is comparable to Giancarlo Stanton now if you're hitting the ball 122 miles an hour because no one else hits it that hard except for Stanton and sometimes Vladdy. Yeah, that, that's 100% it. I mean reasonably there there's no reason i think of that with the way things have gone if you're not worried about contracts and like service time manipulation at this rate o'neill cruz and henry davis will be pirates by the end of the season if they're I'm, not worried about contracts and if, that's, that's a that's a huge if like i'm very i'm very uh pessimistic on henry davis making a september call-up but frankly i think it's deserved at this point now, the other thing I was going to bring up is this whole A-Rod Marlins thing. Do you want to touch on that today, or do you want to push that on? Um, you know, let's let's push that to tomorrow, because we could certainly go pretty deep in, in some of that stuff. Um, right. so, so tomorrow we have uh, more game reactions, more breaking, breaking news, as well as Alex Rodriguez interested in buying the Marlins and Gabe reacting to Gabe Kapler's comments on Beards. Okay, follow us, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod. And until then, we'll see you. Have a good one. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I 270 and MD 85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1 800 Gambler.